Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Welcome to the worst podcast on Mars, also known as Not Anne Frank. This is Amanda. Okay. You're not going to introduce yourself? No. That's Evan. This is the podcast where we talk music. We're working through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 definitive albums. We go album by album, give you a little bit of history, trying to figure out why it's on this list. This week we're doing Alicia Keys, The Diary of Alicia Keys. So does my other name make oh, I, sense? Oh, it now? made sense. You're just like, why? But before we get into that, do you have any corrections from last week? Last week was The Wall. I think it was last week where I talked about like the in this day the Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. I looked that up. That is it was based on a I didn't get the newspaper, but there was something. I was correct on that. What, it, what like, did you say again? Heartbreak Hotel was based on a news story. Was kind of there I don't know if it was based on it, but there was like a publicized suicide note that I think was part of the inspiration for it. Okay. So, so I was correct. Look so, at you knowing stuff. I know. Good. Uh, any grievances? Other than the cat trying to eat the cord, no, I don't have any grievances. <laughs> I don't have any grievances with humans. Let's word it that way. Hey, Spleen, stop it. She hasn't done that in a long time. She's just, she is a menace. That she is, chose chaos. She chose violence this morning. She chooses every day she wakes up and she will choose either chaos or violence. It's nothing, nothing but. And those she two. drew blood today. Yeah, she drew blood. She got me pretty good with her fish hook claws. But so, what did you learn? That I need to throw toys at her and not use my hand to play with her. She, uh, she's she loves to play and she's very sweet. She doesn't. She's not mean. When when we say this stuff, she is really not mean. She just she loves to play and. She's a handful, is the best way. Well, a normal-sized handful or an Amanda-sized handful. All right, I'm just getting into it. So, like I said, we're doing Alicia Keys, The Diary of Alicia Keys. It was released December 2nd, 2003, and is 129 on that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list I talked about. So, 20 years ago, give or take. I hate you so much. That is uncalled for. Well, I think she was born in the late 1900s, wasn't she? It is uncalled for. You're a dick. So The Diary of Alicia Keys was the second studio album for the star and came out just two years after her first. As the title would suggest, Keys made this record more personal, basing it a lot on a lesson she learned from instrumentalist Van Hunt, which was, quote, all you need is three chords and the truth. That's what she focused on and put that thought into her piano through this album, creating a blend of classical, hip-hop, soul, and R&B. In an early show interview in 2003, Key said, quote, Every song I'm telling on myself completely. That's the way I write from my experience and things that I feel. This album is not different. In fact, I just discovered better how to express myself and how to tell what I really feel. I completely expose myself. What was the first one, do you know? Uh, Songs in A Minor. That Songs in A Minor had her um, debut solo Fallen that you would absolutely recognize. Because I think I recognize later, quote unquote later, later like uh, 
What was it? Empire State of Mind? Yeah. Because that's... It technically, is that Alicia Keys or is that Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys? I think it's Alicia Keys fe- featuring Jay-Z. Really? I think so. But, yeah. I will research. If you research. I'll put on my research hat. <laughs> research hat, which means just go to... Well, no, my... Uh, Oh shit! What is that? It's the uh, Don's cap. No, I think it's a stalker cap. The Sherlock Holmes cap. It's you, that is called a stalker. Cap? I think it's a. I think it, a deer stalker. I think is what it is. Sure, I think Don's cap is a better word. So this is her second album, and just like the name of it, it was pretty much her diary. It was very vulnerable, very personal, and just kind of bits and pieces of her life put into song which we talk a lot about when we do these art these different artists and albums that they are writing from experience and they're putting personal things into their music i think that's you know a very common thing for artists to do you write what you know and so they're putting all of this out there it's just she made it a little more obvious with the title so what's your face about? Okay, so I have a couple interesting things about Empire State of Mind. Okay. So from what I can tell, it was performed by Jay-Z featuring Alicia Keys on a Jay-Z album. However, there's an Empire State of Mind Part 2 broken down, which is by Alicia Keys. But I think the one that's more well-known is the first one. Yeah, probably. Still, All I right. was technically correct. Shut up. Technically the truth. So there was a lot of pressure on Keys to create an album that would not only be successful, but would surpass her debut, which was, Evan, you forgot already, songs in A minor. Her label was concerned she'd be hit with the dreaded sophomore slump. For this album, Keys got help from Timbaland, John Legend, Kanye West, and Hugh McCracken. She also played multiple instruments and produced most of it herself. While she entered the scene during the height of Britney popularity, Keys was known for being a singer-songwriter within the pop world, not just a performer. Now she could add producer to her title. What do you want? And I did more research, and it is a deerstalker hat. Thank you for that. Are you done now? For now. For now. The collaborative, collaborative excuse me, efforts and vulnerability... I had dragged that word out. Vulnerability. The collaborative effort is and vulnerability. I'm done. <laughs> and and that thing. And you're not gonna edit any of this out because it makes me look bad. The collaborative efforts and vulnerability paid off as Diary sold over twice as many copies within within its first week than songs in A minor. While songs had a more pop feel to it. Diary had more classic soul and was classified as neo-soul, which is a bit of a controversial term. Some artists like it and others don't. What is neo-soul? What well, is Evan- neo-soul? <laughs> well, Evan, thanks for asking. It's a subgenre of R&B in which the sounds of classic soul mixes with hip-hop, funk, rock, and electronic music. Some examples for you. Lauren Hill, who is on this list. Fuji's, uh huh, John Legend, and Boys to Men, who we've done. They that's just to name a few. So to break it down, neo soul is smooth vocals with catchy melodies that use beats borrowed from hip hop, funk, and rock, which is what what we talked about with Boys to Men when we did Cooley High Harmony. 
So it this came out at a time when that was kind of not necessarily new, but gaining in popularity, and it was made popular really by Lauren Hill and Alicia Keys. So then was Mariah Carey's considered neo? No, she was mostly pop. Because I know that was, there was that crossover with Boys to Men, and that, mm-hmm. I didn't know if that would classify. No, it didn't. And fun fact, this is my last note. Not only is the track If I Was Your Woman a Gladys Knight cover, but Keys also blends it with Isaac Hayes' version of Walk On By. I don't know if you caught any of that when you listened to it. No, Probably because not. I don't think I knew... I don't think I recognized the song to tell that it was a cover, and I don't think I recognized the background right. of it. So, um, I only have two notes here for like the charting information and the singles and stuff. There wasn't a, a lot really on this one, but I just think it, like, it kind of reminds me in a bit of... Cheryl Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club and Celine Dion's, um, oh, which one did we do of hers? I can see it, but I can't. Yeah, it's the, the, like, the white cover and she's in a white t-shirt and jean. But, like, and Shania Twain's coming over where it was kind of, like, it did well crossing over into kind of another little genre gaining popularity. The songs in A minor was pop and it was huge fallen was such a good song you were close falling into you is a celine dion yes but the the song fallen was so huge for keys and i think that people who liked that one were drawn to this one which had the more r&b and soul feel to it so it's kind of like crossing genres helping people get into new music and we see that every decade there's somebody in every decade that is doing that which is great because it exposes people to new sounds you know every every decade you're getting a new generation of listeners into it so the diary of alicia keys has sold over 8 million copies with close to 620,000 of those in the u.s in its first week alone and holds the 37th spot in the list of best-selling albums of the 2000s it debuted, and don't ask me what the top 36 was. Well, are. no. Is that since 2000, or is that 2000 to 2010? 2000 to 2010. Okay. So it debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, making it her second consecutive number one and won three Grammys for Keys. Okay. The singles released were You Don't Know My Name, If I Ain't Got You, Diary, and Karma. All four of these reached the top 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, with three of them entering the top 10. So, like I just said, I think that's why it's on this list. It sold so well, but it also, like, opened up for the 2000s for these people who liked her first album to experience Well, I I get that, but I don't think it would have necessarily brought in anybody new to the genre because Boys to Men had already started. You know what I mean? In the 90s. Well, yeah, but it's still... Because what year was that? Do you remember offhand? 90... Somewhere between 94 and 96, I think. 
Okay, because I was thinking it was later. Because I was thinking if it's if it's between ninety eight and ninety nine, you're thinking of a four year gap where most tastes wouldn't have a dramatic shift in that time. What year was it? Ninety one. <laughs> <laughs> but so so you see what I mean? It's a little more than ten years later. It's another round of it. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. But if it had been so close to some of these earlier ones, I don't know if it... I don't know if it's strong enough on its own to springboard that without... But now that you have a different... Now that you have a long time gap between it, I can understand that. Does that make sense? Right. So, um, again, we don't have the, um, criteria that they use to create that big list. And that's what we're trying to do is figure out why it's on this list. So everything we say is speculation. Well, if we put it on our deer stalkers, we can go Sherlock Holmes on this bitch and find out. I am done. (laughs) i'm just see my earlier references all paid off eventually no no just just get to your sources all right so thank you to 15 years later the oral history of alicia keys diary of alicia keys album by camille augustin published december 4th 2018 on five.com thank you to the early show alicia keys diary by cbs published june 8th 2004 on cbsnews.com Thank you to Alicia Keys, The Diary of Alicia Keys Review by Daryl L.C. I'm sorry, I'm struggling. Published 2009 on bbc.co.uk. Thank you to Alicia Keys, The Diary of Alicia Keys by Mark Anthony Neal. Published December 10th, 2003 on popmatters.com. Thank you to The Diary of Alicia Keys, No Author, No Date on n-academic.com. Thank you to The Evolution of Alicia Keys by Billboard Staff, published October 16th, 2016 on Billboard.com. Thank you to Neo Soul Music Guide, Five Notable Neo Soul Artists by Masterclass Staff, published October 14th, 2021 on Masterclass.com. And thank you to number 277, Alicia Keys, The Diary of Alicia Keys, 2003 by Brett Sweets, published February 17th, 2021 on Nutrition Facts, about three servings per container. ForMyDrink.com <laughs> Published on rs500albums.com That was a bit of a stretch. So, as you can probably hear, my voice doesn't sound as normal. And it's because I'm starting to get a cold. And I need to take a break to drink and cough. So, why don't you give your review while I'm doing that? So... I will make sure that you are not drinking while I'm giving my review because you may have some interesting takes based on what I'm about to say. Okay. So I briefly said earlier, I kind of gave a brief overview of my opinion of it. You know, it's not for me. And yeah, I didn't think it would be. So here's the best way I can describe this. And this is, this is a bit of a, I don't know if I'm going to try and make you laugh because you have a sore throat kind of thing. But this is this is a, a when way When have to... you ever given 
as a thought at all to your life. well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off with that. So you take a piece of bread. You're you're laughing already. This is gonna go off the rails, and I'm not liking it. So, like I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. You take a piece of bread, and you put some mayo on it. Okay? Okay. And then you take a piece of bread and put it on top of it. And you have a mayo sandwich. All right? Okay. It is, it is considered food. There's not really anything to it, but some people would enjoy it. Right? Jesus Christ. Am I wrong? Stupid. Okay, but you take that concept and you take light, airy music and people enjoy it. It's just not for me. I don't like mayo sandwiches. I don't like Neo Soul. And they're the same thing. This is so stupid. When have I ever given a thought that's actually serious, though? I gave a thought about something serious the last time I gave a thought about your well-being. So, it's not bad. You know, I can I can understand why people would enjoy this. You know, it, it's... To me, this is... So, I, I, this, whole, this whole big music project is I'm trying to get through... Well, now I have a separate project to try and get through... X amount of hours by the end of the year. So I have two devices for Apple Music so I can run two sets of headphones through it. So in one headphone, I'll put on like black metal or something like that. And it, it just becomes noise. You know, it, it's not anything. I have a, I have an opinion of it going into it. I'm just making sure that, you know, there's nothing that that stands out that reaches out and Tickles the inside of my ear, makes it feel funny. But I have that headphone in. I can block that out and put in another album. I can put in... Uh, I can go back and listen to Texas Flood again. I can listen to the rest of Bob Dylan. I can listen to stuff that I would... That I'm actually interested in, in hearing to figure out if there's... If I'm getting into these artists. This is the same kind of thing in that other ear, like... I can I can have it on in the background, but it's just solely background noise. There's nothing in this that is something that I want to consciously pay attention to. You know, it's it's not for me. So everything that I've said makes sense, sadly, and you can under, you understand exactly what I'm trying to say, and that makes you sad inside. So I will continue making you sad inside and talking. And I did not keep anything. And it's like a, it's a B minus. It's still in that B minus C plus. It's still in that range of, you know, it's fine. It's just nothing that stands out to me as being, I guess the word I want to use is an important listen for me. Does that make sense? I'm just sitting here wondering why we ever thought it was a good idea to give you a microphone unless you talk into it. Because I say interesting things. <laughs> interesting is a... Interesting is a word to define what I have said. <laughs> so, 
You didn't read it highly. No, but it, it's not the worst thing that I've ever listened to. I, it, it, I'm comparing it to like the black metal. It's something. It's background noise for me. It's nothing that I'm gonna come back to. But if I want to work on, if I want to try and make a last ditch push to get through however many albums, it's one that I can put on and kind of I can hear it going on, but I can block it out and listen to this. Listen to this ear. I just I I I don't think we we've said this with some other ones. I don't think this was an album for me. I don't think it was designed to appeal to me. So okay, that was, those were words you said. Mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> You're so stupid. All right, we're done with you. So I I kind of have a love slash unlike relationship with Alicia Keys' work. I loved Falling when it came out, and I was immediately hooked and blown away by her voice. And that may be another thing, too, is I didn't, I don't remember that, mm-hmm. you know, because that was, I was, what, 12? Yeah, this was, like, well, the height of my high that school. Was, that was, Fallen would have been, because this was 2003, so that would have been... Oh, this one came out two years, so that was 2001. Yeah, so I would have been about 12, and I don't remember what I was listening to, but it was not... right this and this was my senior year so i was getting away from like britney and that stuff and like doing what i thought was more mature music you know lincoln Park. i i can <laughs> i can see your argument that this would be classified as more mature o- over like the boy bands and the britney spears yeah yep. at yeah at the time absolutely um, I thought that she was amazing, and anytime I tried to sing that song, I felt just like a fool because I knew I wasn't even close to being as soulful like like her. You were fooling. Can you shut up? I enjoy her music, but kind of in passing. I know the words to her mainstream hits just because they were mainstream, but I've never sought anything out by her. I've never just really thought anything of hers came close to how falling had hit me. She's an extremely talent, talented musician, and I think she deserves all the awards she's received. I'm, I'm not. I don't. I that. don't have. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. From what I, from what I heard, I don't see any reason why she shouldn't be. Yeah. Talked about as yeah. as on these lists and all that. Yeah. For as much as I like Motown and the music from the 60s and 70s, I don't think I care for neo soul, which is why I struggle with liking her stuff. That's why I think I struggle with it. So this album is very soulful, and I cannot only hear those influences in it, but the diary part as well. She really was open and honest with it, and nothing is hidden. The music is very good, but I don't think that my overall opinion of it changed after listening to the entire album. She is an amazingly talented singer-songwriter, and I really do like her and respect her. I know she wrote a book of poetry, and while I don't read much about her from the little bit I do know, I think she's a fantastic person who uses her platform for good things, so I do really admire that. I just cannot get into this album. I liked If I Ain't Got You when it came out, but it wasn't something I wanted to keep now. I just imagined myself skipping over it if it were to come on my my, uh, playlist. Like, I'd, I'd have to be in a specific mood to try to unsuccessfully belt it out. In the end, 
I didn't keep anything and I was really hoping to. Like, I was really excited that Alicia Keys was coming out. I think this is the only thing of hers on this list and if it is, I really think that songs in, uh, in A minor should have been on this list in this one's place. I might have to add that one to Reviews Day's episode just for a comparison. Um, and we've I've said that with a couple other artists. Is like, why is this album of theirs on this list and not this one? Yeah, and I'm thinking that we're going to add her relatively soon. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. My ideas for, you know, coming up. But... Um, and that just could be another nostalgia thing. Like, we might come to that and I might only keep falling because of how much I liked it then. So, it's... I, I think I was have a you little have, disappointed. In have it. you listened to the rest of that album before? I I don't remember. Okay. I, I honestly don't because, you know, back, back in my day, it was a lot of people... Yes, we had albums, but you bought them for one or two specific songs... And then what you would do is you would make mixtapes of your friends' favorite songs and pass them out to your friends. So if I listened to it, I'm sure I only listened to the songs that I knew I liked. Um, but here's a fun fact about me. I went to a very, very rural school. That My graduating class was a whopping 66 Hey, your graduating students. class was more than mine. And they were all white. We lived in the middle of, you Nowhere. know, cornbread, Ohio, and it's, there's no diversity here. I mean, we, we're starting to see it now, which I know sounds so, like, ass backwards, but it's, we had, like, I think one black kid in my high school, and she was a year ahead of me. So it's, we just, we never had that, which... I think then, so, you know, we're relying on our musical influences really by what we're seeing on MTV and where we're... Or the radio. Right. Which, at that time, who was your big people? Britney, Christina, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, you know, a lot of white people. And so, like, something like this just, you can hear the influences, but unless you had people in your life who was who, like ex giving you the experience of those influences like my dad loved golden oldies and so i i learned to love motown through him and so you know like a lot of those songs from from motown like jackson five when we did jackson five i knew some of them but we talked a little bit how you know, I know the names of these artists, but most of the people in my high school, can you have a guess of what they were listening to? What you named earlier? Popular country. Mm. A lot of, a lot of the kids in my high school were in the, the Future Farmers of America program and stuff. And can you name a black country star? From that time? Yeah. No, you can't. I'm sure you'll Google one, but do you, you know what I mean? It's, it was not, this just wasn't available. So when, when Fallen came out, it was kind of a, I don't want to say it was necessarily a special thing because like Usher was also big at this time. Cisco was big. The 
thong song. Oh my god, that that really was like the thing. But we didn't have anybody really around to influence us other than what like like we said MTV and the radio so that's what we shared with each other and I mean looking back I, I it sucks because I wonder if I would have liked this and you know if we had a little more openness to other genres and cultures and shit like that but so, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent. But mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> mayonnaise sandwich. I kept nothing. Um, and a rating. I, I struggled with a rating for this one. The sound is great. She's great. It's just not stuff I like. And I wanted to give her higher than a C plus, but I can't really find a reason why. Yeah, see, it's we're kind of in the same boat for different reasons. Yeah. So... But I brought the snacks for this boat. That mayonnaise sandwich? Uh-huh. I'm not even going to ask if you have final thoughts. So overall, I really wish I liked this one better. I had high hopes for it after reading a bit of background. But I think ultimately the Neo Soul part, that's just not for me. I do want to give some of her other things a fair chance, though, and really take the time to listen to more of what I've, more than what I've heard on the radio. I really like her. So I really want to like her music. And... But, you know, the neo-soul part, and when we get to the miseducation of Lauren Hill, I'm wondering if that's going to ruin that for me as well, you know? Mm. I've heard that is such a great album, but... so anyway. And I've, I've heard a little bit of the Fugees, but I haven't listened to any of her solo stuff. Yeah, but... All right. So, if you're not dying anymore, <laughs> do you want to move on to... In this day and birthdays, and every time you get a birthday wrong, you're gonna die a little bit more. Sure. I mean, I don't know if you want to consider that a threat, but you're gonna die a little bit more every time you get one of these wrong. Okay. Okay. So November seventeenth, Peter Cook, British comedian who was the something on the UK TV music show Revolver, with Dudley Moore. He had the 1965 UK number 18 single, Goodbye Ye. With more, he released a series of albums as Derek and Clive, which were considered highly offensive by many at the time. 1936. 37. Oh! So you're going to die, but not as much for that one. Okay. Gordon Lightfoot, Canadian singer... 1971 UK number 30 single, If You Could Read My Mind, 1974 US number one single, Sundown. You know that song? I don't know. I just heard that not too long ago. I know the name. Yeah. Um, 41. 38. Gene Clark, singer, songwriter, The New Christy Minstrels and The Birds. 1965 UK and US number one single Mr. Tambourine Man solo 1974 album No Other. Um, 41. 44. Okay. So now we're getting to the point where I don't really recognize a lot of names. American musician Robert Antoni, who was a member of NAS and Utopia with Todd Rundgren. 
who we've talked about, I think, in Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. And recently, too, I don't remember. It was like a, within the last like five episodes, I'm sure we talked about. I don't remember. Okay. The last one was 44. I'm going to say 47. 47. So you're saved for now, so you get an extra life. Yay. And you're going to lose it here in a minute. RuPaul. But why would RuPaul be on this list of In This Day in Music History? Because RuPaul has an album. I don't see an album released on here. I see two singles. A 1994 UK number seven single with Elton John, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. In the 1998 UK number 21 single, It's Raining Men. Last one was 47? Uh-huh. I think so. 50. 60. Oh, really? American singer, songwriter, and guitarist Jeff Buckley. His only studio album was the 1995 Grace. Uh, since his death in 1997, there have been many posthumous releases of his material, including this cover of the Leonard Cohen song Hallelujah, which became number one on Billboard's Hot Digital Singles chart in March of 2008 and reached number two on the UK Singles chart. 63. 66. American musician, guitarist, keyboardist, and vocalist, Isaac Hansen. <laughs> who had the 1997 UK and US number one single. Hansen has sold over how many million... How many records worldwide? Two million. Sixteen. Sixteen million records worldwide. And have had how many top 40 albums? This is U.S. Two. Eight. Really? And how many top 40 singles? Sixteen. Six. But I still need to... Right. So his brother Taylor is my age. Isaac is the older one. I think he's older by three years. So, I'm going to say 1980. Your math is partially correct. <laughs> what was it? So, he is three years older than you. <laughs> but you're going so with my he fake was birthday born in 79? In 1980. <laughs> you dick. And you're, so, for those of you who can't see, which is everybody but me... I went through that whole spiel about how I freaking know when the uh, Hanson brothers, like their ages and their births, and like Evan is just getting this smile and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger because he realized his wife is an idiot and a nerd. <laughs> I don't think I'm just now realizing that, though. <laughs> All right, continue. No, because I'm going to go on to in this day now. Okay. All right. So November 17th. 1963. So I'm going to give you some information and I need you to fill in the gaps, okay? All right. John Whiteman, the headmaster, Whiteman or Waitman, I can't tell, the headmaster of a Surrey grammar school, banned all pupils from having Beatles styles haircuts, or from having Beatle haircuts, saying blank. I don't know. Do you have a guess? No. Because it tastes like a mayonnaise sandwich. <laughs> this ridiculous style brings out the worst in boys physically. It makes them look like morons. Okay. 
I would have gotten that had you given me two more minutes. <laughs> In 1966, the Beach Boys were at number one on the UK singles chart with Good Vibrations. Do you have any idea what the song's about? Like, a legitimate idea. Oh, I know. I knew at one time. I heard, heard this story because it is a little weird. But I don't remember. Is it about an earthquake? No. No. What is it about? As a child, Brian Wilson's mother told him that dogs could pick up vibrations from people so that the dog would bark at bad vibrations. Wilson turned this into the general idea. Yep, yep, I do remember hearing that story. So, you want to go back in time to a concert? Okay. 1967. A 16-day UK package tour with these two bands. These two, The Move, The Nice, and Amen Corner played at City Hall in Sheffield. Uh, A review noted... Like an electrified gollywog, this person <laughs> threw himself into a live wire act that featured his intricate guitar interpretation. Quite an experience. And the other one that he was with, so the big two names off of this, the second one released their third single in the UK. So I've given you enough information for the first one. The one that released the single was Apples and what The single that they released was Apples and Oranges. Okay, so I need the two groups that we would have gone to see. You, you are completely lost. Well, you say too many words. What? Jimi Hendrix okay. and Pink Floyd. All right. This group were at number one on the UK singles chart in 1971 with Cause I Love You. C-O-Z-I-L-U-V-Y-O-U. The group's first of six number ones. The misspelt song title the misspelt song titles became a trademark for this band, causing a great furor among teachers up and down the country. So what is the band and what is another song of theirs? I have no clue. Okay, I'll give you another song of theirs, okay? Uh-huh. Come on, feel the noise. Oh, um it's not Twisted Sister. No. Cause I always And say- it's not quite right either. Because Quiet Riots is a cover. I don't know. Slade. Okay. It's weird. Because you, you, you hear Come On, Feel the Noise, and you have it. You know the version in your head, and you realize that's a cover, and you hear the original, and you're like, what? That No, don't like that. So, here's another guessing game for you, okay? Okay. This was in 1973. The Who's double album, Blank, entered the UK album chart, peaking at number two. One of two full-scale rock operas from The Who. The other one is Tommy. Do you know what this one is? Pinball Wizard? That's from Tommy. That's from Tommy. I don't know. Quadrophenia. What? So, here again, I like making you guess things. It's fun. In 1984, Wham! were at number one on the UK album chart and number one on the US singles chart. So I want the song and the album. Okay. You should be able to get the song. Give me a hint. How many Wham! songs do you know? Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Yes. The album was Make It Big. We'll do two more. Mm-hmm. Eh. Depending on how I feel, we might do a third one. 1996. This band were at number one on the UK album chart with their debut release. 
Five singles were released from the album. The first single went to number one in 31 countries, and the next two uh, hit the top of the charts in 53 countries. This band has five people in it. I don't know. Spice Girls. Oh, okay. In 2000, it was reported that Andy White, who played the drums on the Beatles track Love Me Do, which was featured on the new Beatles Greatest Hits album, looks like it's the the red one, 1962 to 1966. There is the, is the thumbnail in the video below it. It's featured on the... Okay. It would not earn enough from the sale of the album to buy his own copy of the album. He would get no more than his original session fee of seven pounds. So we'll end here. Okay? Right. In, in 2003, this singer, or this person, became the youngest singer to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. This person was 21. Oh. Britney Spears. Really? So we'll just leave it at that. I don't really know why I worded it that way. I have nothing to add. Okay. Nothing of value. <laughs> nothing of value. Um, we haven't done recommendations in a while. Do you have any recommendations? Mm-hmm. What? A mayonnaise sandwich. Oh, my God. I shouldn't have asked you. I'm done. We're you done. just got to carry it around in your deer stalker hat. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram and threads at Worst Pod on Mars and Facebook at Worst Podcast on Mars. Send us an email, worstpodonmars at gmail.com. You can uh, support us by leaving a rating and review on whatever platform that you listen to us on. If you make it past the first five seconds. Um, and uh, send us a suggestion for those review days episodes. Because um, on Tuesdays we do a small mini episode where we stay away from this rock and roll hall of fame list but come back next friday because we are doing destiny's child's the writings on the wall bye